Plot twists. We are obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story that takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, super fan of cinema, sport, comedy, and I'm part of the odd impression. And throughout this series, brought to you by Now and Sky, I'll be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about the plot twist moments that define their lives and careers. So expect the unexpected, and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems you've never heard before. Expect spoilers. You know, sometimes actors can go through a streak and they can just churn out hit after hit in a relatively short space of time and they become this sort of person of the moment. And nowadays with social media, it just kind of escalates things to a whole new level. Think of like Matthew McConaughey in 2014, that sort of time where he does Dallas Buyers Club, wins the Oscar, Interstellar with Christopher Nolan, a huge movie, of course, that iconic cameo in Wolf of Wall Street opposite DiCaprio. And then just casually does a series called True Detective with Woody Harrelson. It was just immense. And the person of the moment currently, to me at least, Pedro Pascal. Oh my goodness, this dude is doing The Last of Us with Bella Ramsey, which honestly is one of the best series I've ever watched. And, and video game adaptations don't always hit the mark. This one does. And you can watch most of the first series now on Now and Sky. Go and check it out. And then on top of that, he's doing The Mandalorian. And, you know, so many expectations for such a series. You know, the Star Wars franchise and the fandom surrounding it is, of course, huge. And speaking of The Mandalorian, which has returned for Series 3 in the UK on Disney+, Plus, our guest this week is the creator and lead writer, John Favreau. So excited to speak to him. On top of being an actor and director and writer, he's just an all-round great guy. And I think most people in Hollywood would say he's also one of the most talented writers and, and directors. Think of Elf. He was director of Elf, one of the best Christmas movies ever. Directs the first two films of Iron Man, which of course then goes on to change cinema, arguably with MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And John himself has starred in many of the films as Hogan Happy, one of the most beloved characters. Even films like Chef that he starred in in 2014. That was a great film. And his status has been cemented only a few weeks ago. In fact, it was the week before we recorded with John where he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is an awesome achievement and actually felt like a pretty good place to start. So let's get to it. Here is John Favreau on Plot Twist. Well, John, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for having on. me. Um, usually with our American friends that come on, I, I try to find a way to open things up, you know, warm up to each other. Okay. I thought Don Rickles might be a nice way to, you know, I'm a fan of his. Do we go down there? I know you played Rocky Marciano. I'm a mm -hmm. boxing fan. Okay. But last week, Hollywood Walk of Fame, you had your star. Uh -huh. That seemed like a good place to start. Oh, Congratulations. good. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That uh, still, still doesn't feel quite uh, real, a little surreal to me to be there and have Robert there. Uh, paying tribute in a very nice speech <laughs> and Roy Choi, the, the chef I had worked with on the movie Chef and the Chef Show on Netflix. And and so it was like, this is your life. And there it is. You see your name there uh, among all the other people, most of which nobody knows who they are anymore. And that's, <laughs> there's something kind of humbling and, and uh, inspiring about that, that I'll, I'll be part of. That for a time, people will know what that name is. And after a while, hopefully it'll be there forever and they'll be people coming to town wanting to 
be movie stars or maybe influencers by then. I don't yeah, know. Right. <laughs> and uh, and they'll be walking across my name. Who was that guy? I'm sure they won't forget for a long, long time. It's sort of a history of storytelling, isn't it, really? Which is quite yeah. something really lovely about it. There's that. something nice about it also that there's so many of them that it, it right. almost like creates like it's like a coral reef of, <laughs> you know, like the very surface of it is alive and the rest of it is like the foundation that everything else grows on. And it really feels like what that's what Hollywood feels like when you move there. It's like there's a lot of history there. There's a century of history, which is, you know, a blink of an eye for for this town. Uh, but but back home, that's, you know, the movie industry has been around, you know, uh, for a while and there's a lot of traditions. And, you know, when you when you pick a life in that in that, you know, in that industry, you're there's a mentorship. You're learning tricks and, and techniques from people who came before you. And certainly when you're in Hollywood Boulevard, you see you're there by the Chinese theater with all the handprints and the, the El Capitan theater that's been there forever. And sure. I've had so many fond memories of premieres there from all of my collaborations with Disney and Marvel and, 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 and Lucasfilm. So, yeah, it was really it was really touching. Did you have a, have a point earlier on in your career when you're starting out, when you first moved to Hollywood and you chatting with your buddies and saying, imagine we had a star? I think it's always in the back of your head <laughs> yeah. that you could, you know. Yeah. Um, I still it, dream about it, it now. It, it's also daunting, to be honest with you, because you're so close to it, but you can't, you, you, your nose is pressed up against the glass, you know. You get to go to the studio lots to audition, mm. and you're walking past all these back lots in New York streets and these flats, and it's just like you're so close to the movie magic, and you're just hoping that somebody gives you permission to to, to come inside and be part of it. And, and I, I worked my way, you know, through every step of it. So every step I appreciated from being an usher in a movie theater to being a extra, to being, you know, so small one-day parts to supporting players and television and movies, and then eventually getting to write my own stuff and make my own stuff, small films and big films. Mm-hmm. And and now uh, it's just uh, it's just been, you know, you look back and that when you see an honor like the star, it says, oh, you've been here a while. It's more a longevity award than anything, which is like you, you hung in there, kid. And, and then I've been able to uh, have a career for so long as, as, and, and met so many people and worked mm. with such talented people has been, that's the, that's the you know, the best you could hope for. Well, I have to start there. Congratulations. Thank it's you. awesome. That's really, really cool. Let me ask you a first plot twist question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Podcast is all about plot twists. A moment that can sometimes change the narrative, a split mm-hmm. second, and it can change the journey. What would that be for you if there was a stand-up plot twist moment in your life and career? In my life? Yeah. I'd say I was, I, I traveled cross-country. I had left school to be hired to do a job on Wall Street by a friend's father. I was an assistant. I wasn't a very good one in facilities planning for a financial company that's no longer in existence. But, but at the time, it seemed like a big break. And I worked there for a year, and it, I found it, incredibly unfulfilling. It felt like such a great opportunity at the time. And by the end, I was just wrapping my head around the fact that, you know, you work 50 weeks a year and you get two weeks off maybe. And you're fitting a lot into that time to live, to to, to have any joy. Because I didn't find, I, didn't, I was not enjoying the idea of, of working in that environment. And I went cross country and I stopped in Chicago and I saw people doing improvisation. And I think that was a moment I happened to stop in because a friend was doing it. And I saw these people who are now famous, but at the time were just amateurs performing in a bar in Chicago. And it was like Chris Farley and Mike Myers. Oh, wow, yeah. and, you know, these people who were just as talented then as what you see, you know, and I was like, geez, these people are good. This is, this looks like so much fun. 
And at that point, I decided I had I had volunteered to do some stuff on the stage as part of the show. And the woman uh, uh, who who ran the organization called uh, IO, it was Improv Olympic at the time, you know, uh, offered for me to be able to uh, join and take classes and 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 perform as well. And that just the notion of that just felt so compelling. And I decided to move to Chicago at that after that night. And uh, and my life took, you know, that was definitely a, a turning point. That was definitely a plot twist for me. Yeah. It's like a sliding door moment, isn't it? If you yeah. hadn't gone down that, yeah. that, that one night. I it's never extraordinary, would've. really. Yeah. I would never. I was, I was doing theater, like, in college uh, as, like, electives and things. But I never thought that there was something in it for me it, professionally. And I was like, you know, I tried the other way. Let me try this. Yeah. Uh, I was already back. In, I had gone back to school to try to finish school. I was getting straight A's, like, for the first time in my life. After working for a year, mm. you go back to school. Boy, you, you do well because you realize how <laughs> tough the real world is. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I didn't know. I had no direction. I was thinking of being a firefighter, taking the test to be a New York City firefighter. Didn't know what I wanted. And then it was like it hit me, like, let me give this a shot. I was 22, and I, and I moved. I love those stories. Just, like, split-second moments. Yeah. Uh, we've got to talk about The Mandalorian. Congratulations. I was speaking with my director before, and we were saying that the audience is almost biblical. The, the franchise and the fandom behind it. So there's oh, just a, Star Wars in general? Star Wars in general. It's, oh, yeah, it's yeah, huge. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. You, you must be delighted then coming into Series 3 of the reaction that it's had so far. Yeah, they, li they like it. You know, I've had ups and downs with the way people have reacted to my stuff, you know, before this. You feel very fortunate when they're along for the ride and they're into it because there's no better feeling than when you're, you know, it's like throwing a party or DJing a and everybody's dancing like or cooking food everybody loves it like there's that's that's what you're in it for and so you hope you you hold up the standards you hope that you continue to uh, have them appreciate it I certainly ha I'm surrounded by people who understand Star Wars between Dave Filoni and the whole team over at Lucasfilm and ILM and we really discuss it and we say are they going to like this is this going to be fun because at the end of the day we want everybody to have a good time mm. we love inviting new younger viewers in want to get people so you know in the hopes that star wars keeps going for you know years to come you want to bring in that next generation and then they come in if they like this show they start looking at thanks to disney plus you can look at the old movies and you could look at the clone wars and so you know the fact that the star wars audience is is very alive right now and, mm. and engaged is, is really satisfying and, and other people you know andor did a great job in, in helping with that too engaging audiences in a different way so I think a lot of people are contributing to this, and uh, it feels like it's persevering through all these transitions in the entertainment industry. You, you've met a lot of fans at sort of fan forums and these sort of events. Do they inspire you creatively, like when you're writing certain scripts? And you're, is there any time that they're lucky in mind how a fan has reacted to? I, well, we definitely like we we'll, we'll watch from time to time when there are certain things that happen, like reveals. We'll look at. There's like compilations of reaction videos, or there's like a cool reaction video that'll move, they'll go through the office that we'll look yeah. at. So that's that's definitely fun. But honestly, I feel like the my my greatest cross section of the audience of the people I'm working with, we're all fans. Like everybody on the show loves loves Star Wars, and yeah. we may have we may be from a different generation or be drawn to different aspects of it, but we all, you know, it's as one thing we all like it, and if and, and we try to create something that's satisfying for for all fans and, and just welcoming to no matter what your preferences are. Hopefully we could all fit together in this one, you know, in, in this one party. So, 
you know, we'll check among each other. And, you know, we'll be critical, too. Like, I don't know if that's, is that going to work? Well, I don't know if you should use that. We'll use this ship, not that ship. Or use this. Oh, there was a character from, I seem to remember a guy. Well, the armor looked different than, you know. Right. So we're, we try to really do that. So by the time it gets out to the public, you know, hopefully we've combed through it enough that, not that you're going to get everything perfect, but but you're going to know where you're taking those chances and where you're deviating from what expectations might be. But it's always fun to surprise and delight people, and, and hopefully we have a few tricks up our sleeve every week. And Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. he just seems like he's the man of the moment. Yeah, he's, he's having this he's is smashing a, out the park, that dude. Yeah, he's doing he's crushing it on SNL. Like that's yeah. that's yeah. hard to do. Yeah. Like that's that's a that's a whole different skill. Yeah, yeah, and he's got The Last of Us, and he's got this and that. But he also had like he's been at it a, a while. Like he's like he's the overnight success that's been doing it for you know for whatever twenty years, thirty years. So he he started young, and uh, I remember like he's one of those actors where I always like the actors where you don't you realize after the fact that oh I already oh he was in I liked him in that oh that's the same guy as that. you know because Narcos he's great yeah he's not flashy or high profile he's not but he's he makes an impression like when you think back you're like that's good and of course Game of Thrones right. He came in yeah. a difficult time, Series 4, Series 5. You know, it's already a huge show. Uh-huh. And right, like, right. Yeah. And he was a guy that was, like, not fitting the, you know, he didn't feel like most of the other characters. He was coming he's in as a then. whole different, like, yeah. he's coming in from, he's from Dorne, and he's got, he's a, you know, a, there's a lot of ambiguity about if he's a good guy or a bad guy, what it is, and then the whole thing with the mountain so it, it was, a, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was a whole, but so that's like, who's memorable and, 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 but charming ultimately, like you want to watch the guy. And then with Mandalorian and that last of us, now it's all sort of clicking. And so there's a, there's a, you know, eventually the audiences discover you. They start to, you know, find the actor, you know, and, and, and it's not just the characters anymore. So, uh, nah, he seems to be having a blast. He's doing great work. He's in, you know, he's either, he picks them well, too. Yeah, he does. He picks yeah. the projects, or they pick him, or some combo, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, he's been, he's been it's, doing it's some good, good work. Yeah, you yeah. said a good word there, charm. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good way yeah. of describing yeah. his performances as well, particularly in this. Um, apparently, season four is already written. Yes. Yeah, you've yeah. already done that. That's, you gotta. Yeah, you're you staying ahead the, of the game. The, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like an elf, remember? He says, time to make, <laughs> make presents for next Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what it is. But there's no sure. sequel to Elf. This, huh? is, uh, this is what I, this is what we're hearing. No, not yeah. as of now. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I lo- especially coming to the UK, I, I so I love. Um, oh, it's so I love the reaction that yeah. it gets here from yeah. year to year, and people will post pictures of them showing their kids it or dressed up, and you know that was always our hope, you know, uh, that it would be something that people would watch every year. Yeah, and it pops up every yeah. year. It seems to. It felt old yeah. when we started it. You know, when it, when it came out, it felt this has been out for a while. Somewhat classic, yeah, you know, yeah with yeah. the stop motion and everything. Uh, you know that was. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great. That's awesome. Um, let me ask another Potter's question. This one's centered more around a person, an unexpected source of inspiration. Okay. Is anyone that comes to mind? Oh boy, I know that's a tough one. But... I definitely have. You know, uh, well, it was unexpected at the time was Robert. You know. Like, right. I was like, uh, you know, we were making Iron Man. We we're trying to pull the script together. There were two sets of writers. We were trying to, I had a take that was a take that pre that came before me, trying to figure out how to make all this make sense. The budget was definitely a concern. People were very skeptical if, 
you know, is this character well-known enough to have a movie? Are we ready for more movies? Mm. Nolan was crushing it with the, with, with the Batman series. So, you know, there was definitely like a best-in-class happening. So where did we fit in? And what was the vision? And, you know, I knew I could handle the visual effects. I was doing my homework on that. I understood the character, and I understood the comics from growing up and who he is in the books, but but it wasn't clear to me until Robert came in and the point he was at in, in, in his life and in his career and the passion that he had around this character. And then, then the tumblers kept started engaging in, in my brain, thinking of the possibilities of, wait, if it's Robert, you're... There's this persona that we could really lean into and then we could find that's I know where the humor comes from. And I had to direct somebody who's an improviser and so talented. And and then it was a battle to get him in it because he was not an obvious choice to launch a new family franchise at the time. Now it's a no-brainer. But back then, you know, people didn't know if he would be accepted mm -hmm. as this character. And Which is char amazing now, right? It is. And the characters, yeah. you know, was always meant to be sort of a borderline unlikable character, even when you heard Stan Lee talk about yeah, he was a he was a arms dealer in during you know in, in wartime, and it was you know he was not a little arrogant. Yeah, he was arrogant. <laughs> on top of it, he was rich. He was uh, privileged. He was you know everything that would make you root against somebody on first blush. But then it's the, what happens in his character arc and the injury, and then him rebuilding mm, himself, the vulnerability. Yeah, and so. But as soon as Robert, I was like, if we could get Robert, like, and, and, and Kevin Feige was very helpful in, in this at the time, if we could get Robert to be in this. And then now I have, it's like I see like a, you know, like on an airplane, they have the lights that go on that take you to the exit row that, you know, yeah, yeah. I had a path, like in my mind, creatively, I knew exactly what the movie would be if it was Robert. And so when it was official and he, he signed on, from there on, there was, um, that was a turning point. It opened me up completely creatively and I understood mm. what the vision was. Well, the impact is enormous from where that goes, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've asked this question before. My dad was on FaceTime, took him about half a minute to work out how to, 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 to mm -hmm. use it. And he was telling me about this YouTube series and that mm -hmm. people were writing into celebrities uh, thanking them for their work. Okay. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to ask John that. If you were to write a letter to anyone who's inspired you from your past, who, who, who might that person be? Well, I've be? gotten to meet a lot of them. Which is which is really cool. I mean, that's part of what living in in Hollywood. Yeah. So you know, got to meet Mel Brooks. That was somebody who made a huge impression on me. John Landis, um, uh, uh, Lucas, George Lucas, Spielberg, Ron Howard, Albert Brooks. These are people that I've either met or I'm friends with, and so I have the ability to actually have those conversations with them. Most of the one people that have inspired me the most, I've had the good fortune of actually being in contact with, so. Is anyone that you haven't met though, with anyone that's sort think. of been, you know, you'd like to meet with anyone well, from the Henry past? Henry Winkler I met and he's, you know, I had a wonderful conversation when I first was in town. He, he meant a lot to me as a kid. Let's see, boy, I, I, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody who's, who, who would mean more than the ones I just rattled off because they're the ones that and you were Charles starting Schultz. out in the you know, late uh, 80s, early 90s. Who were the sort of big heroes at that point? I like cartoonists, too, like a, a oh, okay. art, like, like Charles Schultz. I loved I loved reading those comic strips when I was little Walt Disney. But yeah. I feel like I, although, you know, he passed away the year I was born, uh, he, you know, 
the more I learn about him and what his vision was, yeah. uh, that would be somebody. Steve Jobs also I find fascinating. I think that there's a stripe of uh, innovator that has, you know, but fortunately we have such a record of their talk, their speeches, their talking and them sharing their wisdom that you could, you know, you could feel like you've gotten to know them even though they're no longer here. And I suppose as a creator, they can kind of, parts of their inspiration perhaps is reflective in your work. Yeah, and yeah. I try to emulate them. Like yeah. it's, it's um, you know, I was clear, clearly I'm fascinated to some extent with Walt because we did that whole sequence in Iron Man 2 where John Slattery plays Howard Stark, who's, but we tried to reenact the videos of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the films, yeah, yeah. the film pieces that, that yeah. Walt would do. We do a, a dark twist on it because it's Howard Stark and not Walt. But uh, but I, I really love just the just the whole story about how he was developed, you know, was working on these Oswald cartoons and and he was getting his first success. And when he went to talk to the studio head to try to get more money, they just fired him and kept the character because they owned the character. And then he went off and and created Mickey Mouse. And then through really technical innovation of Steamboat Willie of doing sync sound, that turned into a, a, a huge cultural phenomenon. So just his his creative relationship, his innovation, and his fascination with technology, but also storytelling, uh, and and the, to me, there's you know, he, he and, and then what he did with his immersive work with the parks in his as his third act with Wed Enterprises. Like, I really look at his life, and I, I see a lot of uh, you know, y- y- you try to emulate the positive aspects of what your heroes do, and try to incorporate that into your life strategy. Well, I think you're doing that, John. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. You. for pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it's been great. Good luck with the Mandalorian. It's going to smash it, obviously. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I, every week will be something. I can't wait to, to have people. And I'll be back here uh, for Star Wars Celebration right right in the midst of it. And, and it'll be interesting to be here for that right in the middle of it as it's playing out in real time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, there we are. Any plot twist answer that involves Robert Downey Jr. is probably going to be a good one. Big, big thank you to John Favreau. You know what? We we covered quite a bit in a short space of time there. That was pretty impressive. And I loved that plot twist answer at the beginning where he talks about almost like stumbling across this improv scene in Chicago and meeting Chris Farley and those guys. And suddenly that kind of launches his career, provides expert ins- inspiration and leads on to obviously where he is now, you know, over 30 years later and all the success behind him. Damn, those sliding door moments, they they really do, uh, they, they intrigue me, they excite me, just thinking, well, okay, what if he didn't go there that day? Well, where would he have been? Would he have still got to where, he, where he's got to? Is it fate? Oh my gosh, so many questions. And of course, we spoke about The Mandalorian starring Pedro Pascal. And what struck me was the trust not just in himself, but actually in his team, that there is so much expectation uh, with this show, the fandom surrounding Star Wars, the franchise. It is biblical. It is enormous. And that is a hell of a challenge to take on, but he just seemed so assured and trusted the process himself and his team. I thought that was pretty cool. And of course, we spoke about Pedro, you know, the star of The Last of Us, and of course, The Mandalorian, who's just smashing it out of the park at the moment. It was amazing to hear about that. And of course, recognizing his his journey 
not just uh, you know from Game of Thrones and escalating since then, but before then as well. And um, he was just an all-round great guy, wasn't he, John? He was, he was he was fantastic. So big thank you to him. The Mandalorian is landing weekly in the UK on Thursdays. And if you want more Pedro Pascal, go and check him out in The Last of Us on Now and on Sky. And in the meantime, I'm going to go and watch more reruns of Pedro Pascal on Saturday Night Live because we're just living in Pedro's world. See you next time. Ciao.